This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the cloudy voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris. And it's time now to serve up the food show. Two hours of radio talk and about eating and drinking and everything that goes with those. Today I thought we would talk about soups. I love soups. And uh, thought I would uh, just mention that and hope that uh, I have tweaked uh, a, uh, a wire in your antenna. And uh, wait, do wires have antennas? No, but antennas have wires. That's it. I, I always get that backwards. Yeah, anyway, this is a program about eating and about cooking and about restaurants and wine and cocktails and candy bars and, you know, chiwis. And whatever it else else it is that you love to eat, our number is two six zero six three six eight. It's uh, still on the chilly side outside. Although I give you this, uh, you know, oddity of the uh, temperatures. When I left the the North Shore, uh, the temperature was fifty one degrees, which was lower than I thought it was going to be. But when I got to the other side, especially when I got on the interstate. Uh, it went up to 67. Boy, that's a that's a long jump. 16 uh, degrees, uh, just over that period of, of place. But uh, yeah, yeah, this is where we live. Anyway, I started thinking about the whole idea of soups. Whenever I go into a restaurant, almost always, I, no matter what time of the year it is, but especially at this time of year, uh, the first thing I look for is to see if they have any good soups. And I will usually have that as my appetizer course instead of uh, something else unless they have something that looks good with oysters and, you know, all the things that I love and that you love, too, whatever those may be. And uh, I always take a look and see if they have a turtle soup or a a good-sounding gumbo or really anything else. I ran into one for some reason. This is just on my mind. Uh, At Porter and Luke about a week ago, I was in there. And they had, as a matter of fact, it was exactly a week ago today. I went in there and they had uh, this soup that was made out of wild mushrooms, they told me. And, and uh, there was a little bit of cream in it, but they said it was, it was er- more herbal than creamy, which is kind of what I like anyway. So I ordered that and it was pretty good. And then I realized, uh-oh, I, I have come here. One of the main things I love to eat in that restaurant is their turtle soup. And here I am not getting that. And so I, what I did was that I had two soups in that meal, which can be done. Nobody's going to stop you. you. There are no rules anymore. I can never decide whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you think about that? And what do you think about soups? Or what do you think about anything? If you uh, have ever had a good meal in your life or one that disappointed you, or if there is anything about cooking that you... Uh, you can't quite get right, or it's something that you do get very right all the time that everybody loves, uh, tell us about it. In fact, anything you've got on the subject of food, of cooking, and any related matter as that, uh, really, uh, I'm deputizing you as the person who has to uh, get on the phone and call me and tell me what it is. And what I'm after here is not just to keep people on the, on the air so I don't have to talk as much or anything like that, although that is one reason. I'm, I'm p- completely honest with you about everything. And the uh, and so, uh, anyway, we just talking about uh, that is uh, just too limiting. So uh, I, I allow and encourage you to call us about absolutely anything you have in the back of your head or in the front of your head or any part of it about things that you've eaten and loved. So call us, would you? It makes the program so much better, so much more listenable. Here's what happens when somebody calls. If somebody calls about something and even is on for like uh, 15 seconds, uh, someone else will hear it. As a matter of fact, usually several people will hear it, uh, hear it, and they will call because there's something about 
oh, I, I wanted to add to that something that I was thinking about. And uh, the next thing I know, we've got a jumping and happening show. We'd love to have that with you here today, especially since you're here. You know, tomorrow, who knows? 260-6368 is our telephone number. Let me give you that again in a different way. 260-MENU, if you have the numbers and letters corresponding to one another. You know, I've, I've got a phone at home, and it's, uh, it's a really a cool-looking phone. It looks like an old, tele, uh, like a really, really old telephone. The problem is that whoever built this thing uh, didn't have the numbers and the letters on the keys uh, set up right. So if you might dial a wrong number every time you use that thing. And uh, my wife hated it because it was always in the way. Well, I don't know what to do about that. So we just, uh, you know, threw it away. Or It's probably stuffed around somewhere and waiting to be tripped over by... Our house is just one of those. I've seen a lot of other ones like that, too, though. So it's not unique to us. 260-6368. Anyway, that's the number one way or the other. Call us up. Tell us where you've been eating and uh, anything else on your mind. Last night, we had an interesting uh, uh, dinner. If you were listening, you might remember that uh, we had on the, on the radio with us uh, a lady who uh, is such a, a student or a master, really, of computers and especially of the iPhone. Uh, she has been on the, the, the radio with us before, uh, telling you how to get the most out of your, uh, out of your iPhone. And, I, uh, you know, this is not the kind of thing that we talk about too much or very, really hardly at all. But I thought it would be good because there were a lot of things uh, on my cell phone that I'm always trying to, to figure out how it works, and most of the time I come up with nothing. Anyway, I told her yesterday, uh, if you uh, come on the show and talk to us about that and give us a few secrets, uh, we can go to dinner and you can show me how to how to uh, get photographs in my phone onto my computer at home. It, this is something I've had a real big problem with. I, if I didn't, I would be putting more, many more photographs in uh, the daily newsletter. Anyway, uh, we ran into some friends, so, some friends of ours, it turns out. Uh, she was the niece of one of these people. And uh, we went out to the uh, a restaurant that has a, a slightly deceptive name. It's called uh, Carrollton. Uh, wait a minute. What's the word? It's something on you. I want to say station, but that's not it. It's uh, Carrollton. Um, market. That's it. And it's uh, right around the corner from the Camellia Grill uptown. And the the guy who owns it, the chef whose name, he has a great name. Um, let's see, what is it now? Now that I said how great it was, I can't, I can't draw it out of the back of my brain. Uh, anyway, good enough. That's his name. Literally good enough. And his uh, food is usually way more than good enough. It's usually pretty darn good. He was out of the restaurant last night because it was his wife's birthday or something, which is as good a reason as I've ever heard. Anyway, uh, had a really nice dinner. I had some uh, some uh, of my what what is becoming one of my two or three favorite dishes. I used to talk about it as being good when everybody else was saying that it was awful, and I kept saying, "No, that you're you're wrong about that. This is a really great fish, sheep's head." And they had sheep's head as one of the uh, items on the menu. I ordered it. It was just just the kind of fish dish that I like. It was very simply done, pan sautéed, kind of a Meunier sauce. It had a couple other things going on, but nothing distracting. And it was it was just delicious, just really good. And uh, we also had some foie gras, and we had, believe it or not, some caviar, some Louisiana caviar. These were my friends who were ordering that kind of stuff. And then uh, she showed me all of the tricks that I needed to know to, to make sure I get photographs from my phone uh, onto my computer, and let's see how it goes. Uh, the one I tried this morning was working, except that I don't have that newsletter uh, till tomorrow, so we'll see. We'll see if I have that. I hope to get some more. Anyway, uh, this is a really good restaurant and we'll talk about it some more but we have Cody on hold and I, I never go on talking if there's somebody on hold 
Uh, hi, Cody. Welcome to the Food Show. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great. What about you? I'm good, man. Hey, I'm your uh, I'm your listener in Austin, Texas. Oh, no kidding. On the podcast. Are you guys okay? I heard you had some rough weather recently. Well, it got a little chilly for a couple of days. Is that, that it? That's it. We're good. Oh, okay, good. I, I, I remember hearing something that there was, you know, just some really awful weather headed that way, and then it wound up coming here. Maybe that is why it's on my mind. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, hey, so uh, welcome. Uh, thanks, thanks. I was, uh, I meant to call you a couple of weeks ago. I yeah. was in Georgia in December, and I went to a, a little restaurant uh, that, that had char-grilled oysters. Oh, and yes. I, and I, like, I found one place in San Antonio that does it, but other than that, like, I could only get it in New Orleans. Um, but this place had a selection of char-grilled oyster styles. Uh-huh. And one was a uh, blue cheese and bacon and jalapeno uh-huh. char-grilled oyster. And one was a barbecue cheddar bacon jalapeno. I tried both of those. And, uh, like, I, I think they're... they're Gearing towards those people who despise oysters, because of course you couldn't taste an oyster in it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that, because I was thinking it. You know, when you're talking about jalapenos and all that, and I, the first thought in my mind was, boy, what an awful thing to do to a perfectly fine oyster is put jalapeno. Well, <laughs> and you know, if you put blue cheese on anything, it's going to taste like blue cheese. Yeah, and it's uh, you're going to either love it or you're going to hate it, one or the other. There's no right. in between. But uh, so so, I I'd never seen any of those combinations before, so especially on a char grilled oyster, and probably for good mm-hmm. reason. Uh, uh, actually, there th- th- that's a trend over here. Uh, we, there's uh, oh. I'm going to say about a half dozen restaurants that have more than uh, let's say more than two or three. Uh, grilled oysters, then they start getting five, six, and seven, you know, and, and that's becoming uh-huh. widespread. And I have found that most of them are not very good. Uh, I think the original, actually, the way most restaurants cook it, they put too much Parmesan cheese on it. And Parmesan cheese is an overwhelming flavor, and it also is really salty. So I, uh, yeah. I don't think, uh, you know, I think that's been overdone by a lot of restaurants. And so I, I really sort of, before I called, I, I kind of knew which which side that you would fall on. Uh, yeah, did I get it right? I, I sort of, yeah, I sort of figured you for an, for an oyster purist. Because uh, if you're going to eat an oyster, eat an oyster. If you're going to yeah, eat yeah. Blue, bacon, get a potato or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I actually, I don't mind that at all. One of, Among my favorite things to eat or baked oyster dishes, and, you know, what's the difference? It's just the way that the heat is applied, really. Uh, oysters Rockefeller, oysters Bienville, when they're done well, which most places who even try to do it usually get it pretty good, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's real close to the top of my list of things I really love to eat. Yeah. So uh, there's, well, there's room in there for for different kind of ways of doing it. Well, and that was I, I was going to ask if you had seen any other combinations that that worked well or even perhaps particularly didn't yeah. work well oh well here's one that if if you if you're ever in a restaurant and they're trying to do some grilled oysters and they're trying to be different and come up with uh, five or six unusual ones this one i can guarantee to you is going to be one of them and that is uh spinach artichoke dip put on the yeah. uh, put on the shell and then the oyster on top of it uh, I'm not nuts about that uh, dip to begin with, but to uh, to goof up oysters with it is I, a little much for me. But, you know, if you ever want to see this in action, and next time you're in New Orleans, the uh, we have uh, uh, one of the hotels here, the Hotel Intercontinental. They have a really good casual restaurant in there called Trinas. It's a, a Cajun word that means this is kind of like a path through the through the. Uh, through the swamp so you can get to your, where your fish show up. Anyway, they, uh, that restaurant, uh, on any given day, I think they have a dozen different ways of, of doing cooked oysters, not counting, oh. not counting things like fried oysters either. I mean, it's just 
Uh, they do it uh, better than anybody I've ever known, with the possible exception of Arno's. Arno's has, uh, has five different baked oysters uh, as an appetizer. It fills you up. <clears throat> so there's, well, I will say, yeah. uh, for this place, to their benefit, yeah. uh, oysters were $9 a dozen. Well, how much? $9 for a dozen. $9 a dozen? You stole. Hey. You stole that. That's a great price for that. There you go. Yeah. And I did ask the guy. I remember you said on a show, I believe sometime in December, you were talking about how difficult it was to find good oyster shuckers. Yeah, and that's so a I, problem. You know, I'm, I'm in rural South Georgia talking to this guy, and I said, so how difficult was it for you to find oyster shuckers? And he said, there's, there's not one. He said, we have to find people and, and teach them how to do it. He said, because it was, it was me and nobody else. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the way it goes. That's uh, he even here, you know. Have, huh? Everybody here, uh, you know, uh, uh, is into oysters, but it's hard to find somebody to work and do that all day long. That's, that's hard work. I, I can't do it well. I always uh, keep he thinking said, I'm going to put, uh, put a knife through the middle of my hand. He Ugh. said after a couple of boxes, you, you get the rhythm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a knack to it that you pick up as time goes on. Yeah. yeah. Well, have a good day. Enjoy your show, of course. Thank, thank you very much for calling. You have kicked right. off our program in just the right direction. All right, we will <laughs> come back with more of the food show in a moment. But first, if you will, this. In here, how'd you do that? Magic. Ah, no, magic is right down the hall, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of radio stations around here. No, you're in the right place. Right thing. Needed an oil change. Yeah, put a hat on it. It's the Food Show on 105.3 FM, HD2. Got that HD radio yet? One of these days, you know, you're going to get it. One of these days. I don't know how long it's going to be. I hope it's before both of us are gone. Uh, but if you, if you don't have an HD radio, it's going to improve your listening experience tremendously. This, this in every radio from the one... Uh, all the ones all over your house to the one in your car. The one in your car, unless it's, you know, like a real relic, you know, 10 years old or something, he said, knowing that he had a car that old himself. Anyway, you can, he, he, even on those, uh, we find that they have X, uh, HD radio available. Uh, to figure out how to get to it, uh, get your owner's manual out and see what it tells you. Or go to the dealer where you bought the car and ask them, hey, listen, I can't figure out how you get the HD radio going with this. It really is worth all the trouble. And it's why this program was selected as the, uh, what's, what's the word? Wait, there's an expression for this. The, this is the, uh, the test dog. or, or does the, does, I'm, I'm not thinking of the, the expression I, I want to use. But anyway. Uh, we we are kind of uh, the the experiment. The placebo no pl placebo is when a doctor gives you something and you expect it's going to be you know a, a medication that will solve all your problems when in fact it doesn't do a damn thing. It just it just you you swallow and it's like eating a jelly bean. That's that's the effect that you get and that's it. And you, you talk yourself into healing. That's that's the idea behind it. Two six zero six three six eight is our telephone number. We talk about food. Uh, what I have uh, just brought up, I've just mentioned the subject. We don't have to go this way. You, you can if you want. Uh, soups. What are your favorite soups around town? I, the, again, I tell you, as I mentioned earlier, if I go into a restaurant and I see what looks like really good soups, I almost always order it. There, there are a few that I will not get. Uh, I'll give you one of them, especially this time of year. Uh, it's something like either crawfish or crab meat, neither of which is really in season right now. They both are kind of a little bit, but not, not enough for me. 
Uh, and then you do this with a corn and 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 crawfish uh, bisque, uh, so it's so it's creamy. And most of the places I find that do this make it way, way, way too rich, too well seasoned, too much seasoned. Maybe I should say it's not very well done if you don't like it. And uh, I'm seeing uh, that as a soup du jour going up all over the city. Just it seems like it's the only one anybody knows other than gumbo and turtle soup. Now, turtle soup, I always welcome, because really there are not all that many restaurants that serve turtle soup, and most of the ones that do don't do it very well. And uh, part of that is not expecting to find a lot of turtle meat. You'll be lucky if you get any turtle meat at all, because turtle meat is hard to come by, and very few restaurants serve it. Uh, A lot of them, even the ones that are most famous for turtles, for turtle soup, they... uh, they substitute for the turtle meat. They substitute usually veal is is the what is used for that, and it comes out. It winds up tasting good, and if it tastes good, it is good to me. I don't, you don't. Everything I get doesn't have to have a long pedigree, or long anything else. Two six zero six three six eight is our telephone number. Uh, it, it would just be great if you were to call us on the air today. Yeah, it's always fun. If you have something that you think would be of interest to everybody or even anybody, and you don't like the idea of going on the radio because it just you know makes you feel funny, I know what you mean. I mean, I've, I've done it myself uh, just to see what it felt like to be a caller into a, a talk show where nobody knows who I am. And it, it, it does feel funny. And, I, you know, okay, you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. However, uh, you can send me the ideas you have, and I really would like to to read about this. Uh, For example, a guy wrote to me today and said, you know, you were chewing out uh, that other restaurant critic because he was stating that gumbo is dead. And I think you ought to reread the article and see if maybe uh, you weren't overreacting to that. And I'm a little embarrassed to have to say I think I probably was. I wasn't going... Uh, with the program on that, but the um, but I will say that if you uh, write an article in in the words "Gumbo is dead," uh, hooray for gumbo! That was kind of the way it came out, sort of like that. Uh, then I I did sort of miss the uh, the direction of the of the writing, but uh, eh, uh, sorry about that. Could be I don't I'm not I'm still not sure. I think if you put in print the words "Gumbo is dead" in New Orleans. This is not going to be a good sign to uh, you know what what's going to come after. But there we are two six zero six three six eight. So anyway, uh, what I was do, about to tell you is that if you don't feel like going on the radio and talking, uh, send me an email to tom at nomenu.com. I promise you, we are not keeping uh, mailing lists from from these people who write into us, and we never do. I've never done that. Uh, and I answer your question, or thank you for the comment you have sent along, and uh, that's about it. <clears throat> so if you want to ask me something or, or tell me something, and you don't want to go on the air, just go to Tom, send, send an e- regular old email, tom at nomenu.com, and I will read everything you send me, and if it requires an answer, I will give you one, but don't be in a hurry for it, okay? If you, you're going to a restaurant tonight and you want to know what's good to get there, uh, I won't be able to help you because uh, even if you don't need helping, uh, I I won't be able to help you because I'm doing this right now. And then I'm in a car, and I, you can't talk and drive at the same time. At least I can't. So, uh, But I will get to it. <clears throat> so give me a little advance notice, the same amount of notice you would need to give a, a to get a, a, a reservation at a restaurant. So... Oh, and also, I'm always in the I'm always on the lookout for recipes, especially of dishes that I've uh, never been able to find too much of a recipe. I wrote, I put one in my newsletter every day. I have what I think is a really good one today. If you don't mind my <clears throat> excuse me, my saying so. Um, I've been singing a lot in the last few days. That's why if I, I'm a little bit hoarse. That's what that's about. In case you were wondering. But anyway, uh, the recipe I have here is uh, for oysters polo. And this was uh, a a baked oyster dish that they used to do over at the Windsor Court Grill Room. And when the chef who created it uh, went on to go to some other restaurant, 
uh, they kept it on the menu for a while, and then they took it off the menu, and they never mentioned it again. And since then, there have been three or four chefs, maybe more than that even, at the Windsor Court. And whenever I go, I say, what about oysters polo? Do you ever make that? And usually the answer I've received is, what? Oysters polo? What's that? And then they figure it out pretty quickly. There's a, there's a bar in the Windsor Court Hotel called the uh, Polo Lounge, I think is the name of it, something like that. It's a reference to polo. And I always ask them, do you have oysters polo? And they say, what? A what? Anyway, I have the recipe here for you. The original chef who did it gave it to me a long time ago. It's, it's got some interesting ingredients in, in the sauce, aside from the oysters and everything. There's a little bit of Parmesan cheese in it, and everybody wants to do that for some reason. Uh, a tablespoon of herbe de Provence. And then you have an onion, of course. You have a bay leaf. What's the point of one bay leaf? I swear to you, you could, uh, you could make 50 dishes of things with varying amounts of bay leaf, and you would never notice the difference. Uh, one whole clove we're talking about, not a clove of garlic, but the, the spice called clove. And it's just one little BB Put that in there. That's kind of silly, too. I think I put in a couple more or none. Two cups of milk. Now, there's an idea. A few drops of Tabasco. Uh, six tablespoons. That's almost a whole stick of uh, unsalted butter. Six tablespoons of all-purpose flour. And uh, four tablespoons of prepared horseradish. That's the kind in the jar. And a little bit of nutmeg and 24 large oysters freshly shucked. And then uh, you put it together in all the ways that you might uh, immediately know how to do. So anyway, that is a, a delicious oyster dish. And if you like baked oysters, uh, you might try that one. That, that's on, it's on my website. So if you miss it today, you can always pull it up uh, free on the website some kind of way. Uh, let's see. There was one other thing that, that crossed my mind about this. And uh, in, in doing these, uh, this recipe... And that is uh, make sure you uh, don't waste the, o the water, the oyster water that comes when you shuck the oysters. And if you're going to a good source of oysters, they will save it for you. They'll just collect it as they shuck the oysters, and then they'll give it to you. And this makes a huge difference in a whole bunch of, of uh, dishes. 2606368. Come on, why, why, where is everybody? We'd love to talk with you about uh, what you've been eating and where you've been eating and what's... Uh, what you like to cook at home, 260-6368, 260-6368. My thinking, uh, and I am thinking about uh, soups today because it's, you know, it's still kind of cold here in my studio. Uh, for some reason, I don't know, no matter where I move to, this seems to follow me around. Uh, it's freezing cold in here all the time. I don't, I don't know why. I'm on the same thermostat that uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, all the guys on WWL use. And I don't know who it is who likes to have the studio as freezing cold as it is, I, but I'm going to go over there and give them a piece of my mind, unless, of course, it's it's Bobby Hebert, uh and I wouldn't mess with him at all because he's uh, obviously an athlete and could beat me up five times before I knew what was going on. So, uh, I, but, uh, so I wouldn't ask him to change it. But uh, anyway, 2606368. Hey, how about our cocktail of the day or, uh, or the soup of the day, since we're talking about soups? All right, I'm going to give you the soup of the day. This is one that hardly anybody makes anymore. In fact, I'm, I can't think of anybody who makes it anymore. I'll tell you where it came from, which is the best way of putting it. But the, the old Louis XVI restaurant used to be in, in the French Quarter. I think they still use the name for a little restaurant that's attached to a hotel there. It's a classy hotel, nice place. And the lady who is the chef there, she's been at it for a long time. Her name was uh, Agnes. It was what you and I would say if we saw it. She pronounces it Agnes because she's French. And uh, over at Louis XVI, they, they had every day a soup that was made out of some vegetable or other. So you'd have cauliflower, you'd have broccoli, broccoli, you'd have asparagus, you would have just about any vegetable along those lines. And they would cook it a bit, and then they would puree it, and then they would add a little bit of vegetable stock and then uh, some cream, 
and they would run this through some kind of probably just beating it with a with a with a uh, a skimmer uh, not a skimmer what anyway just to to get it all blended in and and it would also be almost foamy and almost a little bit out of the realm of a of a of a liquid and it was so delicious and they would bring you what amounted to a coffee cup size cup of it and it was never quite enough for me. I used, whenever I went there, I'd say, I, I, my first course, I want to be the soup of the day. And for my second course, I want some more soup of the day. <laughs> That's really, uh, really good stuff. Anyway, uh, oh, well, on hold, we have uh, John. John, welcome to the food show. <clears throat> hey, Tom, you're talking about oysters made me hungry for them. So uh, I got a recipe and I got, right. a, or I got a uh, restaurant report. Which one you want? Oh, gosh, hit me with either one. Well, uh, recipe. So you got one for oyster bordelais. Oyster bordelais. Love it, don't you? Oh, yeah. I make it for 100 people. Now, when sometimes. anywhere except New Orleans, if you use the expression bordelais, you are talking about a red wine-based sauce. Here in New Orleans, it's garlic butter. <laughs> which, exactly. Well, and, my and, recipe doesn't have any butter in it, though. Oh, but, yeah. what about olive oil? Yes. Lots of it. That's the yeah. That's the alternative to that. Either butter or olive oil. Both of them work great. Yeah, yeah. Lots of garlic and bay leaf. There's and bay, bay leaf. In oh, it. really? How many? Well, as much as you want, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm putting a half gallon oysters in it, I'll throw at least six or eight or ten bay oh, leaves. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But when I read a recipe that calls for two gallons of stock and one <laughs> one bay leaf, it's that's absurd. Well, I cook the bay leaf in with the yeah. olive oil and, and lots of garlic because it's yeah. a garlic dish. Yeah. And then it also, of course, the oysters. And then I also I like to use some green onion in there just for a little bit. Yeah, that sounds and then, good. Um, but I throw the, the, the green onion tops in later. And then uh, it the center, the, about an inch out of the center of a lemon. Mm-hmm. And you squeeze it and throw the rind and everything in there and cook that till it softens. Yeah. And then you put it over cooked spaghetti. And then you top that off with... Uh, Fresh grated Parmesan cheese. I huh. got that recipe from the family that used to run Annie's Restaurant in Pasco Strand a long oh, time ago. Yeah, I remember that restaurant. It was right over, yeah, right uh, on the east side of Bay, uh, Bay St. Louis. If yeah, I, if, it was on Henderson Point. Yeah, I knew the family. Yeah. And uh, they gave me that recipe. And uh, it's been a family favorite ever since. And now I can I can cook that in a in a cast iron pot similar to what you would use outside to make jambalaya. Uh-huh. I make the sauce in that. I boil the spaghetti in a seafood pot, and then I pull the strainer out. I mix the two together, and then I serve it for 100 people. And then I cut small wow. pieces of French bread and put it in a brown paper bag. And when all the dish is served, I have people get in line and take a piece of bread and wipe the pot clean. Oh, sure. I mean, you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't get that. But that really is, yeah. that's them telling you they really liked it. Yeah, they love that stuff. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm i always offering to give recipes for the ones that I have anyway to everybody who asks me. But today I'm going to ask you, would you send me that recipe? That sounds wonderful. Or support life. Send it to me yeah, at Tom, it to Tom at nomenu.com. Yeah, I got your website on one of my favorites. I click on it. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. and can I, oh, speaking of that. Yeah. So I was out with the wife and son yesterday and we were in Metairie. So we went to Bistro Orleans. Yeah, what'd you think? Well, I liked it. Everyone liked uh, the three of us liked it. They had a they had a live uh, quartet in the bar singing, oh, yeah? and it was a little loud to eat in the bar, but it was wonderful to hear it while we were dining in the dining room. Ah, uh, and uh, and you know they got the whole oyster thing going there with a wire they, cage of oyster shells they, on the on the oysters bar, and you know it's the first but, thing you, you know, see when you walk in is this is the oyster shucker is standing behind the bar, and they make oysters about five or six different ways over there. I saw that on yeah. the menu. I had them fried with my, you know, I like platters. And yeah. so I, I went ahead and got their thing. They, it's a rare platter when you see calamari on there. So, That's true. Uh, you know, I wonder why that is. That, that It seems like a I logical thing to be there. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, sometimes I prefer that over overcooked shrimp. A lot of places just overcook their shrimp. But yeah, anyway. well, I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was it was a good place. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, they. Uh, I was just there about a week ago, and uh, they they have added a few new new things to the menu lately, and 
the prices are very affordable. It's a nice, the place has a nice feeling to it. They, they, they were affordable. And, you know, I didn't eat any oysters raw because we've had so much fresh water. Nobody's got salty oysters right now. Uh, yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, so much rain. Yes. Well, nice talking Anyhow. to you. I, I appreciate all of, the, uh, all of the tips. I'll send you the recipe. And I'll send you a tip. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. See ya. Bye. It's the Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. And uh, you need a break, do you, or don't you? You, you don't. Don't need. Okay. Our program then today is sponsored by Felix, F-E-L-I-X. F-E-L-I-X. If you uh, were to put that in front of a Roman uh, from back in ancient uh, the Roman Empire, uh, they would say Felix. They would mean happy. That's what it would mean then. That's what it would mean now in, in Italy or Spain. Felix or Felix or Felice. You know, there's plenty of different ways of doing it. But anyway, the point is that it's, it makes you happy. And that's what the uh, Felix is that, that I'm talking about right now. It's uh, on Iberville Street between Royal and Bourbon Streets. It has been there since the 30s. It's been there long enough that when I was ready to eat oysters, raw oysters for the first time in my life, that's where I did it, had a do- half dozen of them. I've eaten them many, many times since then. Always been good. And uh, they have a new location. Uh, They took over a restaurant that was uh, on the New Basin Canal in the general vicinity of the the lakeshore. And uh, right around the corner from the marina, the New Orleans marina, with all the the sailboats coming and going. In other words, there's a lot to look at. There's the whole uh, Lake Pontchartrain in front of you and and you see the sunset and, you know, all the wonderful things. And it's a great place to eat seafood. But if you love oysters, you're in the right place because on any given day, they'll run four different kinds of oyster dishes, not just uh, the ones you're used to, but some originals. And it's uh, all affordable. The service is uh, family style. The name of the restaurant is Felix's or Felix. And remember, it means happy. And you'll be happy. With oysters from Felix. Felix, hello. That'd be a good name for a cat. Actually, there, wa- there used to be a cat called Felix the Cat. It was a comic strip. I don't know what happened to them. I wonder if Felix the Cat is still around. They do live a long time, you know, cats. I've had a couple of them that's, that lived over 20 years. I do sound like a, carrot, a cat person, don't I? Well, we'll n- we don't know. Two six zero six three six eight. What's on your mind having to do with food, restaurants, and cooking? Yeah, you know, yesterday, in fact, it, this duplicated itself. This is about the third or fourth time I've noticed it in the last few weeks. I'm going to restaurants. I expect when I open up the menu that the type is going to be so small and the dining room is going to be so dark that you cannot read the menu. And I'm glad my iPhone can uh, has a little light on it. You can turn it off and on. And I use that to look over the over the uh, what the menu says because I, I can't read these menus anymore. Now, I don't view, I don't see. Uh, my, my my eyes are not as good as they once were. But that's this is way way beyond that. And uh, so yesterday I was in a restaurant that I liked pretty well. I liked it pretty well. Uh, and the, the menu, uh, th- both the one that they, they give you in the restaurant and also the one on their website where you have all the space you want on a website. You just keep spreading it out. It doesn't cost anymore. But the, the typeface they used was so thin. Finkelstein Fine Line. Is, if you ask me to give it a name, that's what I'd call it. And you, there's a function on your computer, you know, you can just roll it with the mouse and you can get the whole, everything to be bigger. But it didn't help because the line was so thin to begin with that, that even after you blew it up a little bit, you, could, you still couldn't read it. Why are restaurants making unreadable menus? A- am I the only one who has had this problem? And I see it all over the place. I keep getting these these menus that are completely unreadable. You you don't know what they're they're trying to tell you. You can't you can't see the letters and words. 
Or, again, I ask, is it just me? I'm willing to uh, accept that onus if you want to lay it on me. Lay it on me and onus. I don't know if they've ever been in the same sentence. Mm, I don't know what to make of that either. So 2606368. This is a program about eating and drinking and enjoying life in general. That's a big part of our program. You know, if if, uh, uh, I were a younger guy... I would like to start a radio station or, or, or a bunch of radio programs that would take in the music in New Orleans and the food and uh, all the other things that, that we find delight in around here. A good sample of what I'm talking about is there's this magazine called, uh, uh, oh, oh, what's their name? Um, it'll come to me in the next uh, 30 seconds or so. Um, Anyway, uh, they, they do that. They do all of that, although I don't see too much in there about classical music and you know, that sort of thing. Uh, oh, by, uh, yeah, it's, wait, it's almost there. It's almost about ready to hit me in the nose. Uh, it's the uh, Downbeat. That's it. That's the name of the, the magazine. Down, oh, Offbeat. You're right. It's Doff, Down uh, is, is, that's a national uh, magazine uh, by jazz. Uh, but the lady who owns the uh, the, the uh, Offbeat magazine here, I've known her for a million years. She and I were at St. Rita's at the same time. St. Rita's in Harahan, yeah. yeah. And uh, and turns up one day she said, hey, why don't you write some stuff for us? And I did for a while. I just I have too many irons in the fire. So, But anyway, she, I think she has done a brilliant job with that publication. It's really good. So, uh, Jan, if you're listening, let's see. Our, it's time now for our uh, cocktail of the day. The one I find, I, I'm intrigued by the name, and then when I looked over the recipe for the drink itself, I thought to myself, this is not for everybody. But the second thought I had was, this may well be something that I would like a lot. So here we go. The name of the wine, I mean the name of the cocktail is the I'm going to spell it for you first and then attempt to say it. D U B O U D R E A U, which I read as Duboudreau. <laughs> that I like the name already, don't you? Duboudreau. I'll spell it again. D U B O U D R E A U. The Duboudreau cocktail. Here's how you make it 2 ounces of rye whiskey. You could use bourbon if you wanted to, but rye, I think it makes enough of a difference to, to, to go ahead and do that. Uh, Three-quarters of an ounce of Dubonnet. Now, this is a French wine-based uh, mixer. It's the kind of thing you would use to make a drink. You might drink it all by itself uh, out of a glass on the rocks, but uh, I think it's mostly used as an ingredient in, in cocktail recipes. And it's very French. Uh one-fourth of an ounce of Fernet Branca. This is something, if it's supposed to give, get rid of a, 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 an aftertaste, if you, uh, if you get good and drunk and you, you want to try to bring back your consciousness, uh, this is the stuff in Europe that everybody seems to drink. Fernet Branca, F-E-R-N-E-T-B-R-A-N-C-A. Uh, so this is another another ingredient. And then a fourth of an ounce also of elderflower liqueur. That's exactly what it is. That explains how they make it. But it's that's become a very popular ingredient in a lot of cocktails, uh, a lo- mostly made with gin, though, not with, uh, with whiskey. So anyway, what you do is you stir uh, all of this with the rice, and you strain it into a chilled cocktail glass like a martini glass, and, and that's it. And serve it with a lemon twist. And again, the name, I just love the name here, Du Boudreau. <laughs> just saying it gives you a laugh, doesn't it? Anyway, that's our cocktail of the day. We've got a couple of people on hold. Emil is here. Emil, welcome to the food show. Hey, Tom, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm just drifting along and hoping to not run into anything damaging. Well, I wanted to tell you Happy New Year, but everybody Happy knows New Year, that. yeah, yeah. But also Happy Mardi Gras. Happy and Mardi Gras. Because- yeah. The other thing, you've been talking about soups. Yeah. What's your favorite? And, uh, I went to Rip's 
rips on the lake in Mandeville yesterday for oh, yeah? the first time. Ever? And I had, I had their gumbo, and I had some little crab claw legs for appetizer. And uh-huh. it's a very, very nice place. I've been to the lake house, but I kind of like their view better. Yeah. They have the second floor, and they have a fireplace. It's, and they have tablecloths. Wow. But anyway. Yeah, that's the, a nice restaurant. The lady who owns it is very classy. She uh, really does a good job. And I'll tell you, I, I had the gumbo. Now, I'll make a gumbo with a little bit browner uh, type. That is uh-huh. dark. Yeah. You've had it. It's dark. And they do have a turtle soup, but I didn't try that. Um, but the other thing was it was good and it was hot. And the service was terrific. And the view, well, it was cloudy, but the view of the lake was nice. So I'm going to go back there just for one thing and not soup. Yeah. I, I brought, yeah. I brought uh. some soup home, and yeah. I mixed it with my my gumbo, which I have on the stove right now. <laughs> you talk about, whoa, that was the blend of the two. And the shrimp and the crab and everything. Oh, awesome. Uh, but the thing that I'm going back to Rips for is the blueberry bread pudding with rum sauce. That's pretty good. You've had that, huh? I have, yeah. That's a, you know, that's a good restaurant that uh, I've been living on the North Shore for almost 30 years now. And it's only recently that we have gone there at all. I, I don't know why. We like it. There was no doubt about that. But for some reason, it's just not on our list. But uh, I agree with everything you say. Well, I'm with you, buddy. Soup is the way to go because it's cold out there. Tell me about and it. I do a lot of soups while I'm 72, so I'd rather uh, have it go down easy than have to chew all that stuff. Yeah. You know? But uh, I'm going to have soup, uh, probably a chicken rice soup I'm going to make for the cold, cold Sunday. It's supposed to be in the 20s. That's I heard all the way day, that the really bad day is going to be Tuesday, and you're right, it's going to be in the 20s, they say, although... Margaret Orr said last night it's not going to be that cold. Well, let's get us some soup, Tom. Okay, why not? <laughs> well, have a good day. Very good talking to you, and I'll talk to you again. My well, pleasure. You know, well, you know I'm one of them listeners all the time, but every now and then I, I go out and I, I get something, and we talk about the same thing. Yeah. I see what you call my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll talk to you about Alaska. I made that trip. I'm not going to go this year, but... I made that trip a while back. You're going to like it. The only thing I found was catch when rain. It rained and it was cloudy a lot. But the things that you'll see, we saw bear, eagle, that uh, Skagway, if you're going to do that train uh-huh. in Skagway, yeah. that's a good deal. We took the bus and we ended up in a snow area and the Canada borderline. But, hey, I tell you what, this was in the 90s now. It's probably better now, but uh, that was a great cruise, a great trip. Uh, yeah, we, we love it. We've done it twice before, and that, that little trip on the train, one of, them, one of their trains is a steam train. So uh, I have Yeah, we didn't take it, and they yeah. have a fall. They call this fall something. I got pictures. But uh, when you get back from that trip, I'm going to be listening uh, to see what you enjoyed on that. Yeah. I, well, I anyway, we're looking forward to it. I can relate to it when you're talking about it. So you take care, buddy. I won't Thank keep you going on there and let you get some other calls. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. It's the food show. Well, the Alaska thing he was talking about is a cruise we are doing. It's our Eat Club. We have done this will be cruise number 29, I think. And uh, just to give you a quick rundown of it, if you go to my website, nomenu.com, there's everything you want to know. There's a link to it right there. And uh, we are going to get over to Vancouver, Washington, uh, and then we will cross into Canada and just to get started on the way because uh, some rules about that. And then we're going to hit a whole bunch of, uh, of ports in Alaska, and then we come all the way back to Vancouver again. Well, and Vancouver, by the way, is just loaded with uh, restaurants. They say more restaurants per capita than any other place in the world. So uh, anyway, if you want to know more about this, uh, hope you can come. We always have a really nice time, a lot of fun on these cruises. Uh, that's going to be, it's going to be in June, so it's not very long from now as, as cruise ship plans tend to go. 
But if you want to know any more, you can, uh, we can talk. All right, we'll be back with more in a moment after first, if you will, this. Hello, hello, it's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. 260-6368 is our telephone number. And we'd love to hear from you about that. Anywhere you've ever been in your entire life and you had a good time or a bad time, one or the other, or, or anything in between, a restaurant that's stuck in your mind, and you can't get it out, and you don't want to get it out because it's generally a, a nice feeling. Tell me about those. You know, everybody's got one. I mean, some of them are really, uh, really obvious. I remember, uh, I'm always talking about the first time I ever had raw oysters. But the, the restaurant that got me interested in dining out was a place that it's going to sound ridiculous, but it was actually pretty good, better than it was reputed to be. It was called the Buck 49 Pancake and Steakhouse. Sounds like a chain, doesn't it? Well, it was a chain, but it was a local chain, 100%. They had, uh, let's see, they had one of them on the airline highway. They had one on the West Bank. They had one in the French Quarter. Uh, I think they had five. Uh, there was the, probably the best-known one was on Carrollton Avenue at the corner of, of uh, uh, Maple Street. And... Uh, not only did they have steaks, and they really did have a steak that was uh, a buck and 49 cents. A steak, a steak dinner came with the potato and everything. Anyway, it's a great place. Anybody remember that? The, the Pancake and Steakhouse, the Buck 49. It's the, fir- the restaurant where I cut my teeth. We'll come back with more of the food show after we check on the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.